What's up, guys? Welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Snapshot, where for a couple of minutes every day this year, we're going to talk about what we're reading here in the Bible. And if you follow along with us and you watch these videos and you read every day, you will finish the whole Bible in a year. And so we're so excited to jump into the book of Genesis today in the beginning. And that's where we start here. The first line of the Bible is a fitting line. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I know that seems like such a simple verse and you probably heard it before, but there is so much theology that is contained in that verse that in the beginning, God existed and God made everything. And that phrase, heavens and the earth, is going to come up in your reading a few times today. And what I want you to see is that is a, a reference to everything. Heavens and the earth, that means God made everything in the beginning. So here in the book of Genesis, the reason we're going back to the beginning is because Moses is delivering the law to the people of Israel, and they're going to learn about themselves. And I know that sounds odd, like why are they going to learn about themselves? Because the book of Genesis leads to the time where the Israelites are in slavery in Egypt, and then how they're going to come out of it in the book of Exodus. So when you read this as a Jewish person, if you were the first original audience to read this, and to really, you probably didn't read it, you probably heard it being read to you, what were you supposed to think when you were reading these chapters? Well, you were supposed to find your identity in the God who made everyone. And he made everyone starting with one couple, which we see here. They show up here at verse 26 and 27, where God says he's making male and female, man and woman, Adam and Eve in his image. Now, before that, we get six days of creation. And it says there's morning and there's evening the first day. There's morning and evening the second day. And the reason I think Moses includes that and God wanted him to include that is so that we would know that these days are not representative of time periods. These are actual days. That is the best way that it seems like we should read this Bible to say, it seems like they're talking about days. He's talking about morning, talking about evening, the first day. If he didn't make it clear just by saying days, he makes it overtly clear by saying there's morning and evening, the first day, second day, third day. So in six days, God made everything. He made the world here, but on the sixth day, he made the, the height of his creation because there's one thing in creation, one, one created thing that's unique and different from the rest of everything else. And it's this, man and woman. It says these humans are made in God's image and after our likeness, which I think are two words used synonymously, but they kind of add a different flavor to what we're seeing here, that humanity is made in God's image. So you and me are like God in a certain way. And we are not only like God structurally, not only are we made to be like God, we're also made to function as God wants people to function. As he says later, he says they're made in his image. And then it says they're called to one thing, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Then the next thing is they're supposed to subdue the earth and have dominion over the earth. And then it talks about how Adam and Eve are going to have rulership, just like God has rulership over the world. It says in a derived way, Adam and Eve are going to have rulership over the things like the birds and, and the fish of the sea and over all the living things that move and, and over the plants and all that stuff. So God put Adam and Eve in this world to work and to rule this this world and again when i say rule the world that kind of sounds like a really mean way of saying it but the point is they're supposed to take the power that god has given them and rule over the earth um, not in a bad way just like god doesn't rule over the earth in a bad way he does it in a righteous way so we're adam and eve called to work which is one thing to note that in the daily bible reading today we're only reading things that took place before there was sin there's no sin involved in the Garden of Eden right here at this point. There's no sin involved. And we see that more clearly in Genesis chapter 2, where it says, first God rested. Then it said, 
Here's how God made man and woman. First he made man, then he made woman. And the way that he did this was he took a rib out of Adam and made woman from it. And the whole purpose of this was for Adam to say, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, where he couldn't find a companion that was suitable for him in the animal kingdom. That, that didn't work. God made the animals it's so different. They were not made in his image like, like humanity, but he makes women in his image. So man and woman, it says, are going to be together. And that's why it says here at the end of our daily Bible reading in the Old Testament in verse 24, it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed because at this time, this is the only time in history we have had a perfect marriage. It only lasts for like two verses here because it's going to get all messed up in chapter three tomorrow. But the idea is things like humanity, things like work, things like marriage were created and designed before they were sin. So we can know even in our fallen world, which we live after Genesis chapter three, we can know that those are still good things that God has called us to enjoy in this world. So Genesis one and two, what does it teach us? Well, first of all, it teaches us that God is the creator, that he is responsible for making everything. And therefore he is the rightful king of the world. And he calls men and women to have dominion over the world. For for you, that might look like working hard at your work, or it might look like working hard at school. It might look like cleaning your house, taking dominion over the things that God has made you to, has given you to, to rule over. That's what he's called us to do. And ultimately we're called to reflect God's image back to God in, in a way that we act righteously, like God acts righteously. So that's Genesis one and two, super important stuff. But we're also starting the book of Matthew here in the New Testament, which is a complicated book, I think, because when we look at it, it we just think, oh, it's the story of Jesus. Yes, it is the story of Jesus, but there's so much else that's going on here where Matthew, the Jewish writer, is using all these Old Testament allusions and also sometimes he'll just straight up quote the Old Testament to tell us that Jesus is very important. And that's what he does here at the beginning. You might say, this kind of sounds like Genesis 1 here. We're talking about descendants and Abraham. And yeah, we are talking about that because Matthew is connecting Jesus to all of the Old Testament promises right here. So Starts out with Abraham, which we're going to find him in Genesis chapter 12. So we'll see him later. Um, it goes from Abraham to David, which was very important because if you remember, if you read with us last year, the daily Bible reading, 2 Samuel chapter 7 is where God made a promise to David and said, I'm going to build your house and one from your line will always sit on the throne. So Matthew is connecting Jesus back to the promises of David the promises to Abraham, and then it goes on, the promises that take place after the deportation of Babylon, which lead all the way to this guy named Joseph, who had a son, as it was supposed, Jesus, right? So that was this connection point. So when you read Matthew and think, why is he including all these names? I think the big reason is he's trying to connect Jesus to the Old Testament and to show us that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises here in the Old Testament. Now, it says after this, the birth of Jesus, how did that take place? Well, it was a unique birth because um, Joseph and Mary didn't come together like normal spouses do and have a kid. That's not how this worked. Mary got pregnant without a man. That's weird. How does that take place? It, well, it's impossible unless God does something like what he did. And, and that's why Jesus is the unique, the only person who is conceived in this way uniquely. Um, it says from the Holy Spirit. So Joseph is concerned about this and it actually tells us something about his character that Joseph knew that his fiance, the one that was betrothed to him, got pregnant. It said he was a just man. He wanted to divorce her quietly. He was just in the sense that he wasn't going to be with somebody who was immoral. And also he didn't want to you know, shame her publicly. So he was trying to quietly do this. 
but an angel comes to him and says, Joseph, this is not what you think it is. Joseph, you need to take this woman and marry her and you need to raise this kid and his name is going to be Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is the same name as the word Joshua in the Old Testament, which means God saves. So this name of Jesus is important. And also there's a quotation here of what the prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 7, 14, where it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So here in Matthew chapter 1, we have such clear connections that Jesus has back to the Old Testament. And if you read with us last year, you'll, you'll know this because you'll be thinking, I remember Isaiah chapter 7. I remember these promises about the virgin bearing a son. And in Isaiah 8, it kind of seemed like a young woman was bearing a son, but that didn't seem like the full fulfillment. And Isaiah 9 says that someone's going to be born born the king of the Jews and, and more than just king of the Jews, king of the world. How is that going to take place? Matthew is trying to tell you in a very unique way, this is Jesus. He is the hope of Israel. He is the hope for the whole world. So that's what we read today in our daily Bible reading. Hopefully you, after this, will take this and say, I'm going to read it. I'm going to think about it. And hopefully more things will make sense now that we've talked about it together. So we'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot.